It's time to pounce on your succulent helmet. Oh. We're about to discuss the business of CBD, but also how the lessons from being a conjoined twin translates into entrepreneurship. That's right. You're going to learn all that and so much more in today's episode of Entrepreneurship Elevated. Mm. I'm ready to pounce on my succulent helmet. Actually, now it sounds vulgar. It does yeah. sound a little now vulgar. It's it sounded a, vulgar all along. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, in it, do you think so? Yeah. Initially, Pounds I didn't. and succulent? Yeah. Oh, and the helmet. The helmet, not so much. Well, well helmet, helmet can too. Helmet <laughs> yeah. makes it like the filthy. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Mike McCallis. I am the author on a mission, a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. You know what that is. That's the financial poverty that so many entrepreneurs are experiencing. It's, it, we're, we're running our business, but we're going broke doing it. We struggle on having a time, quality time for our lives, we fix that. We fix all of that on this show. That's that's our mission. I'm also the author, in case you don't know, of Profit First and Clockwork, The Pumpkin Plan. I got a brand new book coming out in 2020 called Fix This Next. You can go on Amazon. I don't even know if the cover design's up there yet, quite frankly, but it's you can- not. It's not it's yet? It's like a gray and just says, with black writing, Fix This Next. Oh, okay. Thanks, gals. So you can go on there and, uh, and at least buy it without knowing even what the cover looks like. But the, I submitted, uh, yesterday I submitted the manuscript to the second pass manuscript, so it's Exciting. done. Joined in the studio by uh, Kelsey Ayers. She completes all my thoughts. Hey, Kelsey. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, Hello, that's awesome. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, any podcatcher anywhere. Podbean. How you doing, Kelsey? I'm doing so good. Okay. Besides being freezing in here. It is a little cold in here. Also in <laughs> okay. studio is Amy Cartelli. Hey there. Also known as Gumperson. How you doing today? I'm doing good. How good. are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited for today. And Jay Cabloon. Hello. Driving all the way from South Jersey up here. Are you, are you in your new place now? No, uh, end of October. So uh, I started my hair transplant process. Oh, how did it go? So it was so freaking painful. So it's, oh, called, really? it's called PRP. Yeah. Stands for platelet-rich plasma. What they do is they take blood from you. Well, apparently, I've given blood on multiple occasions and it flows right out of me. Apparently, couldn't flow out this time. So he pops me one spot, a little bit trickles out. Pops me in a second spot, oh. a little bit, and I hate oh, that's the worst. giving blood. Pops yeah. me in a third spot, a little trickles out. Uh. Fourth one, thank God we got it. Because I was like, I can't, I, there's nothing left. Unless he goes for my jugular, <laughs> there was nothing, like every vein was tapped into. Oh, Mike, that's awful. Awful, awful. So he takes it. He then puts in a spinner, and your blood gets separated into four levels. And then he's like, because he's a doctor, he feels compelled to show me everything. He's like, here's the, this is the liquid gold, your plasma. Here's like this coagulate component. Here's the red blood cells. And I'm like, yeah, you don't need to show <laughs> like, me. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Then he injects it, the stuff in your head, but they put a numbing agent, two of them. First, they put like this, this topical numbing agent on your forehead. Okay. Which, when it's hot in the room, because the air conditioning was not on on the weekend, I had to go in there in the weekend, they didn't realize the air conditioning was <laughs> It's hot as heck. So I rub my face, right? And apparently I rub my lip, because then my lips, my lips started going numb. Oh, now I cut top yeah, So well. that's how I'm like, I'm like, this is a classical start. And he's like, I, or he goes, are you inebriated? Because I can't work on someone. I'm like, I haven't been thinking. I swear. I swear, I haven't been thinking. And then he puts a nerve agent into your uh, back. And if Are you he, lying? I swear to God, a nerve block, not nerve agent. Uh, nerve agent, <laughs> yeah. He puts Agent Orange into you. No, a, na- a nerve block. And then it felt, it felt like I was wearing a hat or something. Uh. Like, oh, he, but there's nothing. You can feel nothing. But the nerve block only lasts for about 15 minutes. He starts the procedure, and the nerve block, I can feel it fading. I'm like, this is getting more and more painful. And then he starts Ooh. injecting it in your head. Um, the whole procedure, said and done, took two hours. 
mostly because the bloodletting process was like took too long. Took too long. But I met the eighteen hundreds. Bloodletting. It felt like it, right? Then, yeah. Then he Just ended by the putting leeches. Leeches, leeches, get the leeches on him. Yeah. Which so leeches um, are so weird. In Myanmar, they would come on me, and it's like they don't. You don't feel them, and then you take them off, and it's like. Whoa. You had leeches on you? Yeah. A lot. Like, like often. A pinhole. They Why? Where were they coming the from? Oh. What were you gardening in Myanmar for? I had to for? clean the outside of the nunnery. <laughs> With leeches? Yes. But they, aren't, they, aren't leeches in moist? Water. Yeah. So it was like the super monsoon season. So the garden would get like totally swamped with water. Oh. That's more disgusting than my story. <laughs> <laughs> were they hard to pick off? Did okay, you eat them? Never, not really. No. Because sometimes there's, in Myanmar, they prepare leeches for dinner. Liar. No. Spreading lies. I, see, I never know. High in protein. I never know. Look, Google right now. Eating leeches. This is going to be a Myanmar new game. In Myanmar for dinner? Nobody Google that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that specific. That's too long tail, all right? But it's <laughs> you said it. Well, I'm just saying it's tradition in Myanmar, <laughs> I think. Here's a big question, though. Yeah. Is it worth it? If your hair regrows. We'll know in three months. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. That's where we're If at. my hair regrows, it is worth it. Where was the nerve block? Tell me where that was. Uh, they put it at the base of your skull. Ow. Both sides. Ow. Oh. Here's the th- they stick the needle in and, and he they moves say, it don't around. Don't move, don't move. Don't they move. Yeah, say, so your head's kind of your lodge. Oh. You, they kind of wedge your chin and thing. And it, I don't like this, Mike. And he moves it around and yeah. Listen, dude. Listen, I don't just, we don't have this. a greater pain tolerance. Start shaving your head. We'll, we'll look no. like twins. Now, dude, you have a good head. This is like a cantaloupe that was sat on. <laughs> we don't head. know that. We've never you seen it bald. Exactly. Let's shave you down. Exactly. Let's see how it is. The funniest we'll go thing, from there. just to finish out the story, I go to Amy. I want to do this PRP thing and try it out. I'm like, can you book it? She goes, yeah, but Mike, you really don't need it. I mean, you kind of do, no. but you really don't. That's you what you, you said. I said you don't need it. Yeah, I totally, from the right angle, I don't need it until you stand behind me and you start dry heaving. <laughs> I'm married Nobody's to a bald man. I definitely am not yeah, trying. Yeah, but he can wear his. He can wear baldness. Oh. Um, and by the way, just so you know, I did meet with a cancer patient mastectomy and had PRP, and she has full hair. It's uh, Tracy. Mm. I'm not gonna say the last name. Yes, but yeah. So it, it worked well for her. She attests to. It. And here's the the greatest thing: yeah. is no maintenance needed. She said it was two or three procedures, and she's been done for life. Oh. oh. Where someone that has a genetic, yeah, balding pattern, I have to do this for life. But oh. you just have to do it two or three times. So that is encouraging. Yeah, that was encouraging. Yeah. So if you want to do it, that's my story. Wow. Kelsey, anything else we have to talk about besides my balding head? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> not even funny. Hey, you know we have a sponsor that supports this? Yeah. I went to the board Diva. meeting, by the way, it was a lot of fun. Tell us about it. So they did they flew me out economy and I had to pay for it. And we then <laughs> So not so much right. they flew you out. Right, no, really, not right. Um but there were six other Business experts, if you will. Barry Moltz was out there. Uh, Remember Barry yeah. Moltz? Um, Anita Campbell, who's big in this space, and some other people who I didn't recognize. And there was about 10 people from Nextiva, developers and so forth. And we sat down. They're developing developing the next version of Next OS, which is their CRM, yeah. but it uses artificial intelligence. I will tell you, it does stuff that is off the charts. Cool. For example, you can do individual client and prospect tracking on their happiness quotient based upon an analysis it does on the web. So you're a big Walmart shopper, Amy. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Like mm-hmm. I see you there all the time. Yes. You know, um, and so when you're at Walmart and you're doing your checkout. Um, Walmart things are things are fine. Amy keeps on showing up, but offline you may be like Walmart is such a, an unpleasant place. The, the the way people you know present themselves there, like you go very sloppily. Yes, you know, wearing your sweatpants and stuff. Yep. Tweety Bird sweatpants. Tweet- yeah. <laughs> exactly the big stain on it. <laughs> the big stain on it. And braless, um, braless like things is hanging out that shouldn't be hanging out. And um, you're complaining online. 
the the system from Nextiva actually tracks your online sentiment and will come back and say she's actually not happy, she's not content, and start profiling this person's feelings. And it listens to phone calls because Nextiva is a phone system. If you activate it, it listens to your tonality. So you may say, "Oh, I had a great experience at Walmart again," and I'll say, "Oh no, you didn't." Yeah. No, you oh. Didn't. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that so wild? Interesting. What if you're just a monotone person? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it's, it's an amalgamation of all your inputs. Like, oh. you would be like, mm, really? Could a person always be this happy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she loves everything. I love Walmart. <laughs> I would devote my life to Walmart. <laughs> and they're like, and the assistant goes back to the computer and says, actually, she would devote her life to Walmart <laughs> in Myanmar eating leeches. <laughs> so thanks, Nextiva, and uh, having me on the board. I'm actually having a call today with, with Thomas Gorney. Um, the, the president of the company, it's a, it's a $300 million company, wants to have a call with me to discuss some insights I shared there. So mm, I feel very happy that I was very able to cool. share stuff that triggered that phone call. That is cool. Thank you. Um, Kels, do we have, before we enter our interview, do we have any uh, We have a shout out. Shout outs? Mm-hmm. Who's the shout out from? This one comes from Kelly Ashton. She writes, hi Mike, I'm on my fifth round of listening to the book. It's the background to my life and my daily motivation. I've just had my first night's full, unaided sleep in about four years. I just wanted to let you know how grateful I am that I found your book. The work you do changes lives, and you should be very proud. Oh, that's super cool. Which book did she say? Profit First. Profit First. Oh. Uh, she's saying the book put her to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's why she's on the fifth round. Isn't that great? I've never I just slept so well in my it, life. I sleep. Yeah. I read it, I sleep. Within one page, I'm zonked out every single time. <laughs> the best sleep of my life. <laughs> Dude, that was funny. That was funny. Hey, before we get into it, what do you guys want to do is the game today. We can do weird products. We can do a riddle. Amy's here. I like to do riddles because she ruins them. <laughs> or we can do uh, name, the company like uh, names, like the original names of the companies. What, what's your preference for today? i got to get mentally prepared. J-Bone, what do you want? you got food jams in your mouth. I like the uh, the company names. Okay. All right, we're going to do company names. Okay. All right, so just I want everyone to be prepared. That's, that's our big cliffhanger. Okay. Um... I got stuff flying all over here. Her name is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have the document in front of me. It's Francesca Vavala, and uh, she was born as a conjoined twin. It's a Vavala? Yes. Vavala. You can just say it out loud. It's not Vavala. <laughs> I, I told her I was messing up. Vavala. Uh, she's born as a conjoined twin. We, we were actually talking about it at this event we were at together. It's just a fascinating experience. There's a lot of parallels, I think, into actually running a business. Uh, she went on to become an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry. Um, she's an advocate and speaker for CBD and the other variant of cannabis, which is what, TH something? C. C, THC, thank you. You know it means you do it. Uh, she travels the world and uh, speaking about these topics and so much more. It's my pleasure to have Francesca on the show with us today. Welcome, Francesca. Welcome. Welcome, Francesca. Thank you. Thank you. I, I told you I'd mess up your name. There's so much pressure on this show, Francesca, to get everything right, and it's not... It's not that the stuff isn't in front of me. It's just the criticism that's going to come from Kelsey and Amy is so it's so thick in the air. Daggers coming we at did you. it silently. We didn't. You were the one who said we could say it out loud. No, but it's, it's more it's more insidious. Yeah, yeah. I like. So Francesca, when we were talking, I shared an analogy, and you said, you know, I'm actually I was a conjoined twin, and I want to tell you about it. You know, a lot of people when they talk about entrepreneurship, they say it's a parent-child relationship. You you bring life to a business. You nurture it, you grow it, and you hope one day your business will come back and serve you. Like when your kids come out of college, you think they'll come back and serve you, which they never do, by the way. Just let that be known. <laughs> um, but, the, but I believe business is more that of conjoined twins, that we share a biology, that we're linked in together, and the health of one influences the health of other. The separation, therefore, is a very careful surgical process, but when you do it, 
in some cases, uh, both entities will thrive, um, and there's an independence. But th- that's just an analogy. You're a person who lived through this. Do you mind you know, sharing the experience with us, what your experience was? No, no, I don't mind at all. Um, I'm happy to. And, you know, when I remember when you, you said it and you're like, well, people say it's parent child and I say it's conjoined twin. And I was like, oh, really? I think I had and it was an awkward that. moment right there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting experience because it's one that I know I own. But because we were, we were born conjoined, we, were, we shared the liver, we were joined chest to abdomen, and we were the youngest conjoined twins to be successfully separated in the United States. So wow. we were separated at four days old. Um, so in terms of what is it like to be a conjoined twin when you're actually conjoined? I, I can't speak to that in terms of a memory or an anecdote or anything like that, but it's still a big part of my story because it's very much become an identity for me. And I think in terms of businesses that, that absolutely rings true because I mean, even in small talk and cocktail parties and networking events, it's like, oh, who are you and what do you do? And if you're an entrepreneur, it's like, well, what does that mean? Or an entrepreneur of what or in what industry? Um, so there's always the same, you know, similar questions. And it's like who who I am is a conjoined twin, even though I'm still separated. Um, well, not like they would rejoin us, but even though I am. <laughs> yeah, you would have to be the first ever surgery if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was the SNL joke on Weekend Update when we were born. So the, they were conjoined twins were um, rejoined today. Oh, that's <laughs> so you you were featured on SNL, kind of. Uh, we were a line on Weekend Update. Yeah, we that's were, we funny. Were really yeah, yeah. It was. I just. It's so funny the timing because I just got back um, transferring VHS stuff to DVD, and it was all these news clips of when. Um, Emily, my, my sister came home from the hospital cause I was sent home first and she had some more complications and she had to stay. And so it was the only press that my parents let happen was when we were both going home. So it's all these news clips. And one of them is when Oprah was a news anchor and she, and I was like, Oprah says my name. Oprah talks oh, about oh me. My God. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. So, and I gotta be careful about trying this work cause I don't know anything about it. I have heard stories where there's conjoined twins that at a certain point elect to not become to be separated to not go with the procedure um mm-hmm. have you followed the stories of other conjoined twins yeah here and there i have um it's it always it fascinates me because it's like a club that you don't intend to join mm-hmm. and um yet you're a part of and you feel funny enough, a part of all of those people that have had some similar experience, um, the shared rare experience, even though the experience is totally different. Mm -hmm. Emily and I didn't have a choice. My parents didn't have a choice because um, we, she had an intestinal blockage that was going to be life ending if they didn't try to separate us and then do the surgery on her. Mm. So it was, there was no option there. Um, at the same time, we were incredibly lucky that we only, the only major organ we shared was the liver, which is a regenerating organ in your baby. So wow. we come and have it grow back. And I'm a, I'm a very big lightweight when it comes to drinking. And I just blame that. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> But I've yeah, heard these stories, and, and the parallel I made to business is that um, as conjoined twins, the stories I've read, the longer uh, before they consider the operation, the less likely they're to proceed uh, 
mm-hmm. they can join twins if they have cognitive ability because well whatever there's almost a um uh, uh, acceptance or more than that there is a uh, uh, uh routine that's established that, that mm-hmm. they prefer to retain remain together well in business i find the same thing the longer that a business is dependent upon the owner the lo- more likely the owner is to be dependent on the business and ever separate from the business so the earlier you separate yourself from the business the more likely you'll be able to grow a business that runs on its own now francesca you also run a business what has been has there been any kind of parallels you've seen like that or any learning that's come out of that circumstance for you oh yeah um plenty i think and some of them are subconscious and some of them i you know i pull out and try to articulate and understand. So I think it's, it's everywhere. And your analogy is a very good one because I think what it is, is we get used to things and what is our normal, we are hesitant to shake up. And I think that's true if you're a conjoined twin electing to stay conjoined, or if you are a business owner and electing to stay a part of your business instead of apart from your business. So it's, it's about that, um, whether you want to call it a groove, a rut, a normal, a whatever, we are all about maintaining what we already know because different is scary. And that I think we're just programmed as human mm-hmm. beings to avoid that risk at all at all costs. And risk is always anything that's change. So yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And for me, a lot of the a lot of that comes from the fact that you know, I didn't, I didn't elect to be a twin and I, and I certainly didn't elect to be a conjoined twin or to be separated at that. But there's these, these moments in our lives that are either determined by outside forces or that just, um, happen, they happen and they're pivotal and they can be good. They can be bad. They can be indifferent. Your, your business, you know, you could write one blog and it goes viral. It could be, you know, uh, one tweet and it destroys your brand. It could be, you know, whatever it is. Um, and they, they just happen and we can't separate from them. We don't necessarily have control over them. We just have to decide what to do about it. So it's all about like, this is these are the cards you're dealt or these are the cards you've played and here's the outcome. So it's all about just going forward from there and learning from that past. So um, to me, being a twin and, and um, Emily was born with severe cerebral palsy because they didn't know that we were conjoined and complications happen. So I grew up with basically, if, if you want to define a conjoined twin in the 1930s, we were freaks. And I think a lot of people would still consider that maybe subconsciously um, today. If you see conjoined twins, you're going to stare. Um, so that identity of freak is something that maybe was a label that I was born into that I have to decide what to do with it. Um, with Emily being disabled, it's like, these are just, you know, people would look at her as a, as a burden to our family or as an obligation or something. And it's like, Oh no, no, that's not, that's not it at all. You guys don't, you're from the outside and you don't see what's going on here. And so it's like, well, we get to decide how to present our story as a family and, um, under the conditions that we're born in. And I think business is the same way. You have to decide what you're going to do, how you're going to present it under the conditions that you have. And then from there, you do end up shaping your story and influencing the story people will retell about you. Well, I really want to explore this now. So with Emily, which I I know she subsequently has passed away um, Mm -hmm. about six years ago, I'm curious about the 
bond a the bond you had um do you and maybe you can't judge it based upon other sibling relationships but i'm curious what was there from your perspective and then secondly how do you make the story or how is the story different than what the outside sees so we do have an older sister um and my older sister sarah and i are very typical sisters a year and a half apart like irish twins and everything and so we were um we fought all the time typical sibling rivalry crap and then we both had emily in very different ways and i think in terms of the bond it was i felt um you know she was a part of me and i was a part of her and very much the things that i did or said would influence her if you know and so it's like we connected on a deeper level I was able to take care of her maybe I don't want to say better because that Sarah's just gonna get mad at me if she hears this if I say that but, um, <laughs> but don't I worry I cloaked to- your name I called you Bavala so <laughs> she'll have no idea who you are Excellent. that's a good point um but I was I, I was able to communicate better with her and our connection was stronger and there was an understanding there intrinsically instinctively I think genetically um biologically that isn't there when you are separated from by years or by a year or whatever it is. So that bond was very strong in that we could, we could just see each other and know what was going on or what we were trying to communicate. Not always. It's not magical. It's not a movie. You know, there were times when, because she was nonverbal, I'd, she'd point with her eyes, nod yes and no, use her computer to talk. And if she wasn't used to her computer, then it would be like, okay, I've got to figure out what exactly it is she's saying. But nine times out of 10, I was better at it than anybody else. Um, and then my, my mom and I were the best at it. So it's that bond, that kind of connection. And the fact that I felt fiercely defendant of, um, of her, I was protective of her. And so I think that kind of, um, protectiveness is how we are with our business. And that kind of understanding is instinctive. Sometimes you just go with your gut and you know, just you just know something and you make a decision because you know it better than anybody else and maybe you can't explain it but you know it's the right decision so so just to me one favor i don't know on our side the audio you're starting to fade a lot so maybe you can lean into the microphone a little bit um question for you is now how does this translate into business so you're in a business that is you know use a term that it's a horrible term but it's the reality that, that people will perceive from the outside oh you're a freak you know you enter the cannabis business that has that same perception, you know, you're in a formally illegal business, you know, how is this translated into your business in cannabis? It's done so much for me because I, so I was totally like your dare kid uh, slash straight edge. Like I never did drugs. I just said no. And I, I certainly stood on my high moral ground for that um, and was proud of it until yeah. <laughs> I learned exactly what, cannabis is and what it does and the fact that it is nothing like what I was told it was. Mm. And that that changed everything. So suddenly I saw this with new eyes and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't dangerous. This isn't a gateway. This isn't addictive. This is actually something that belongs in our bodies. This is something we need to be doing. And there's a lot of social justice issues wrapped up in it. This is my jam. I am into it. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. So yeah. um as you get into this business, what are how do you, how do you navigate the outside vantage point? Right, because that's the parallel I see here. Um, is it just resist the resistance, or is it education? How how do you start 
kind of changing the perception. Over my 12 years of being an author devoted to the small business entrepreneur, I've discovered the biggest challenge, and you know what it is. It's profitability. That's why I wrote Profit First, and that's why I'm now hosting a two-day workshop here at my offices in Boonton, New Jersey, where I will teach you and my team will teach you how to become permanently profitable. Go to ProfitFirstLive.com right now to get details. Again, ProfitFirstLive.com. Find the dates that work for you, and I'll see you here at my office. It's everything. It's, you know what, the, the biggest tool that I have is funny enough, the same one that I have as a formerly conjoined twin is that nobody looks at me and thinks, oh, you're a conjoined twin. N- nobody would be able to label me as that unless they, you know, and even when they see my scars, they can't necessarily do that. Well, the same thing's true in the cannabis industry. Um, you know, I've been doing some public speaking and one of the the pieces of feedback that I get from it is people come down to like, yeah, you are not what I picture when I picture cannabis. Cause I'm, I don't have dreads and I'm not the, you know, listening to Bob Marley 24 seven or whatever it is like that you think of when you think cannabis, it's like all those stereotypes are gone. So part of it is just being a face that is already familiar to people that is already maybe safe in some way, or I hate the word normal, but let's go with it. And because that's what people are really meaning. It's like a quote unquote normal looking face for cannabis that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest tool. And then next to that, I think is education. It is right up against it that we have to be able to tell people that. But um, I'm, I've been using kind of both simultaneously and getting in front of people and being like, Hey, listen, here's what I used to, I used to be where you are with this. And now I'm here and here's my journey for it. Um, and the biggest part of that to me is actually a big part of Emily and learning that, um, cannabis has incredible antispasmodic properties to it. And one of the biggest, um, issues with Emily was the spasms that she would constantly have with CP and that ultimately the spasms that she was having when she would swallow, would cause aspiration pneumonia and mm. the pneumonia is ultimately what killed her. It wasn't the CP, it was the pneumonia. And if I had known then what I knew now, I would have a tool that would be able to change her life. Mm. And that to me is an incredibly important thing to for people to hear. It's like, we're not changing this perception for vanity's sake. We are changing it because it can change lives when we change the way that we think and when we open our minds and and shed old beliefs that are no longer serving us because they've never been true. I love it. It's put you on such a mission. I mean, you can hear it in your energy and your voice. Um, would you trade any of your past for where it's gotten you today? No, I couldn't because um, I very much use it for, for where I am today. Everything from how I was born and the family I was born into to the careers I've had, because I certainly didn't start as a cannabis entrepreneur. I never thought I would be here. Um, I, my first life after college was as a high school English teacher in a private Catholic school. So, um, that was a very different path and I was busting kids for pot. Instead of actually now, you're, now you're smoking with them behind the, in the back alley. You're the dealer. <laughs> I have to go back and apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Francesca, it's been a joy having you today. Um, Thanks for sharing all these insights and such a personal story. Where can our listeners get more information about you? 
You can always find us on social. Um, my our CBD business is terrapinselect.com. So you can hop on our website and pop in there and see all of our education articles and tools and things and learn for yourself more about CBD. And um, you can always find me on social. It's uh, Francesca Can C A N N on Instagram and on Facebook. And I'm happy to friend and have conversations. Um, and uh, you can usually find me pretty much anywhere. <laughs> you can always email me at Francesca at TerrapinSelect.com if you want to talk privately. Francesca Vivala, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Mike. That's the theme song for cannabis. Did you know that? Really? No, it's not. Um, you were a subscriber to High Times, weren't you, Amy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Remember the covers of High Times, that magazine? It was always a guy in dreadlocks or a woman, just totally baked. Can you imagine Francesca like in a business suit now? Like That's the new standard for High Times. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out. All right, you guys are asses. <laughs> I really don't like you. I, I, I set you up so well. So well. Did you set us up so well? You could have ran with that. Are you my singing partner or what? <laughs> always. God, I adore you. All right, so um, here's what we're going to do. I don't know why I announce. You know why I announce this every time because there's, there's a lot of listeners that come in and they haven't heard before. So we're gonna recap so what that we makes learned. Sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> she goes, "It makes sense." And then she whispers. It. <laughs> um, we're gonna recap what we learned. We are going to uh, play that amazing game of what the original company name was or was not, and um, and we're also gonna answer some listener mail. But first, we are going to thank our corporate partner, Nextiva Voice Over IP Phone System. And now, arguably, are developing the most advanced CRM in the world. So check them out, nextiva.com, and uh, your business will never be the same. Plus, you'll know the setup. You can actually do the voice recording of this show and say, oh, Mike really is a bastard. Like, the system will come up and say, bastard, <laughs> bastard, bastard, <laughs> bastard, balding bastard. Um, all right, who wants to go first with what you learned? Uh, you're up to first, I'll go first. Everyone's looking at you, J-Bone. Um, I like what you said about... Uh, you know, once you make a decision, you don't always have control of the outcome. So yeah. then you just have to deal with the cards that you're dealt. I think that that's a good um, mantra to, to keep yourself grounded. Okay. Like that. Amalish? I was thinking the same exact thing. I love that. And I love Francesca's powerful reasons to be in the CBD business. I, it's so compelling. The The information we have, the information we don't yet have, like yeah. the research that's coming, I think this is this is so phenomenal. There's so many applications. I'm so excited to hear more. Like, I want to get on there and figure out, like, what else could it do for people? That anti-spasmatic thing, I didn't even know about that. That's really cool. Was that ever presented to you when you went through your treatment for cancer? No, yeah, what people did was, like, sneak me edibles and, you know, sneak me this and sneak, like, and and uh, my husband went to the, my oncologist, and he's like, I want to get her medical marijuana. And he's yeah. like, well, there's one dispensary. It's like a five-day so wait. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's only one doctor in the county who actually has th this particular license to distribute. So it was really difficult and impossible to go that route. And yeah. I s just suffered. Because I, like, I didn't like the opioids. The opioids are terrible. Opioids are horrible. They're uh, terrible. There was just a uh, judgment against Johnson Johnson for 
potentially being uh, supporting opiate distribution Vision. in Wisconsin or like, something? R- like something like 500 pills per person in a particular yeah. county or state or oh, something it's, were it's developed or something. I was going to say, Amy, you could have just gone to your kid's high school and hung out there. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, it was offered to me, but I didn't know what I was doing. But like my son was telling me, he was like, there's so many cannabinoid receptors in our bodies that are you know we're made for this that so we you, you did you take marijuana when you had cancer i didn't i didn't know what i was doing so what I did didn't... you do with all the supply you have <laughs> kelsey <laughs> wants to know <laughs> <laughs> they went they i well you give them two kids no i okay. didn't give them kids. but i could have i could have kelsey what did you learn besides amy's a dealer now <laughs> So I just love the way that she questioned a belief system, even like as a Catholic school teacher, um, to the point where she researched and became educated and then became an advocate for something. I feel like that's a, a super important lesson for all of us to never take anything at face value and that it is, you know, it's just a thought. It's just a belief. It's not necessarily true or real. And to judge other people based on that yeah. is harmful. Yeah. Um, and I loved that she made that comparison of like instinctual care for siblings and parents' daughters to the instinctual thoughts you have around your business. Like, don't trust what you think is right or wrong based yes. on other people's opinions. Trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. I wow. So that was that was my biggest takeaway is the inside reality is way different than the outside perception. Yeah. Right? Um, so much so that I want to actually do a formal interview for potentially a book around uh, this concept. I'm thinking, I, I'm calling it in my head, the disadvantage advantage. Mm. And so, uh, Francesca, if, Francesca, if you're listening right now, just uh, make a mental note. I want to interview you for the book. Um, but also, that sometimes um, success is kind of thrust upon us in the weirdest ways. It reminds me of Brene Brown's story. You know, mm-hmm. she's the author of Dare to Lead. She is this phenom right now. And she did a... Um, a presentation, I think, at TEDx or something like that. Yeah. And it's funny. She talks about that now. She's like, oh, maybe 100 or 200 people will watch this. And she felt very uncomfortable that that many people would watch this. And it became like 2 or 10 million, right? And so it was kind of thrust upon her, and she's embraced that responsibility. Mm-hmm. from a, a, Something that she didn't plan for or didn't expect or didn't even necessarily want. And now she knows she actually did want that. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear the same in Francesca's story is – you know, it's sad. She used the word freak, and that's the that is what people, some people, will see for that circumstance. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Francesca would have asked for that, but that was her, her circumstance. She was a conjoined twin, and now that's become such an advantage to her. Um, it's a blessing, right? So it's just interesting. Yeah, Absolutely. That. Okay. Um, Kels, what else we got? Uh, should we do the, the game now? Yeah, let's do the game. Okay, let me get some perfectly queued up music for a great game. <laughs> wow, that's that's spot on music. So uh, here's the game we're gonna play. Aim. Okay. Oh no, it was Jay, it was Jay Shlone who wanted Jay Shlone. this. Jay Shlone. Yeah. So uh, Jay Shlone says, "I want to play the before and after or name game." And what this is is these companies. <laughs> is that what he said? Something like that. You're such an ass. I say a lot of things. You're such an ass. Every time I think of you, I'm like, she's an ass, and I love her. <laughs> it's the weirdest feeling. It's like. Uh, it's just, this is like abuser Mas- syndrome. Yeah, like? right. Some form of masochism. So, um, here's the here it is. I'm going to name these three companies. They're all companies that you probably recognize, and I'm going to tell you their company name prior, and then you tell me which one of these is a fake. There's only three companies. Does that that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. First one we're going to talk about is Xerox. You all know Xerox, right? They were originally called the Haloid Photographic Company. 
the Haloid <laughs> Photograph Company. And that's how they would announce it. Like, if you watch a commercial, they like, uh, you should use the Haloid Photographic they Company. back then? That's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Next company is uh, AOL. You've heard of them, America Online. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. Um, was also, or had a prior name of Quantum Computer Services. Quantum Computer Services. And then, uh, you're not a company Nike. You're wearing Nike clogs right now. Is that Nike or is Adidas? What is that? Adidas. Oh, okay. Well, they I don't wear Nike. Okay. You know, Nike was originally called Apollo. They stuck in that Greek uh, god or goddess um, kind of. So, which one? Uh, do, 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 <laughs> the God, either. by the way. What? <laughs> the God, by the way. Nike is? No, Apollo. No, but like I think Nike is a go- isn't Nike a goddess? Oh, I have no idea. I think Nike's oh, made up. Oh, please, of- please. I want to slap you there. <laughs> do you have a phone on you? Yeah. Right, look up Nike if she's a goddess. I say God for Apollo, and then I go, God, goddess, because I believe Nike was a goddess. I hope so, so badly. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope so for your sake, too. <laughs> What an ass. Okay, so Aim, do you want to go first? Sure. What's your guess? I'm guessing Nike's the wrong one. Okay. Nike is a winged goddess. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! You such. He's so pleased with himself. So. Oh, Kelsey, you won't let this down. She's always correcting me. She's always completing my sentences, and she's usually right. And she's right. Finally. Uh, Jay Sloan, you're up. Which company is the? It was uh, not renamed. All right. So I know for a fact that Nike. The one that you said was wrong, but they did have a name previously to Nike. Uh, yeah, so that you used it on the last one, I think. Are you the Nike one? Right? Stop. Think- oh, no. <laughs> stop. That was the best. That was you the guys- best Muttley ever. You guys stop smoking, that dude. That was Kelsey the best ruins everything. Emphysema. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> your name. Kelsey ruins everything. <laughs> That's your name. That's your name. Kelsey ruins everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then. The motto, not a. <laughs> That's Kelsey Lab. Xerox, yeah. uh, I believe, uh, I think that the, that was their original name, so I'm going to go with uh, Quantum for AOL. I think that's the correct one. The wrong one. Hunt. What? No, no, w- one, one's right. No, no, no. One's Two wrong. are right, one's wrong. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, Nike's wrong. Okay. Jesus, Jesus. I was so good. All right, Kelsey, <laughs> you're up. Kelsey. I, just, I say the Nike one, too. What? I Nike? say the Nike one, too. Okay. Mm. So you guys are all right. This was this. These games are no longer fun. This well, is, maybe you shouldn't reuse the same one. I, did I really use this one for? Yeah, I'm pretty God. sure. This is the dumbest. We should cre- we should create the games and then have yeah, give you the, yeah have you do the oh no oh the last game we played was with my wife when then we got a fight at home. <laughs> oh, like wait, I want to hear this because I missed you that one. You actually got a fight at home? You making I that up? No, that in my head I'm making it up. But no, but Jeremy's <laughs> asking questions like, oh, what annoys you most about Mike? <laughs> the way he clears his throat. That was one question out but of like, dude, like ten. But they're all like that. And what's your worst date? It was really yeah, like you're exactly. trying to pull up all the bad memories. What's your worst date ever with no. Mike? I said if you had to pick a celebrity. When did Mike disappoint you the most? <laughs> like, I'm just, it wasn't that. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. If you had so to pick ten things that Mike does wrong. Which celebrity do you hate the most but still would rather date because Mike's such a jerk? Remember I, that one? I was going to bring up your first kiss, but then you already told the story about it, so I couldn't do that. First date, I was going to bring up like all these romantic memories. Aww. No, you said, when was your first kiss with someone other than your spouse? I asked her what your favorite <laughs> body part was. Yeah, that was so awkward. <laughs> and what did she say? She said something weird. Your beard. No. You sound like that, right? She just said your beard, yeah. yeah she goes, what's your favorite? That's not even a body part. <laughs> That's just the hair that fuck. you're missing from that's the top the of your head. That's the hair that's not good. And my answer was, yes, yeah, true, it's true. This lack of, I wrote down, like, you said, what's your favorite body part? And like, so the thing was, I had to respond. I had to write down what so I think like she So it's like the honeymooners guessed. game yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 
Honeymooners, yeah, okay, whatever. Newlyweds. <laughs> Newly- oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> so You're just like the honeymooners. I love, I, love, I love that I correct. You don't say anything. You would jump I love them. Amy. <laughs> oh, the truth comes out. So you I know. say arms. I say she likes my arms. And she goes, <laughs> it's your beard. It's probably the best feature on you. I think she was going somewhere else, and then she She cleaned it up. No. Yeah, yeah that's all, exactly what she I She cleaned mean, it up. Yeah, I don't think there is. It was anyway. too awkward for a minute there. <laughs> it was awkward, right? There was a, oh, the whole show was disgusting. Okay. Um, I can't wait to hear that one. Okay. Kalis, give me something to get me out of here now. Uh, let's what? do listener mail. Okay, thank God. Oh, here, here's a punch for listener mail. Okay, you ready? Yeah, now I am. This comes from Dan Streamer. He writes, hi, Mike. Question about tap. When setting up my taps, we set a percentage for our salary. What if I could? What if I would like the salary to be a set number? For example, twelve thousand dollars, and not a percentage of the total income. How oh, can I set that up? Dan, good question. So you have to set then the percentage to equate to twelve thousand on your minimal or slowest month. So most businesses are volatile in their income, and uh, you know. I'm not necessarily massive sways, but you may have uh, one month that's 50% more revenue than the next month. So you set, you look at your weakest months out of the year and set the salary based upon that. So say I make uh, 10, well, that's not a good number, 100,000 a month because he wants 12,000 a month, right? 100,000 a month in a business, that's a very healthy business. Well, um, that's your average, but some months you make 200,000. You would set actually at a hundred thousand. Uh, you set twelve percent because that represents twelve thousand. So your your lowest number, if your lowest number is a hundred thousand during any given month or in a year, you set the percentage based upon that. That way, when you have a two hundred thousand dollar month, you actually put away twenty four thousand, but you only take out twelve thousand, so it starts building that cushion. Did I explain that well enough? Yeah, I think so. Just kidding. I just want to get, get out of here so badly. He hates us Get out of here. I do hate you. I love you. I love you guys so much. It's like a, like a real family. Yeah, how many times did he call me an asshole? I don't know. A lot. But I, like, I love you. Yeah, I love you But I really can't stand you. I love that it's you're becoming, like, I love you're becoming president of the company, too. You're taking it over. All right, Kels, take us out. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a review. And uh, go to MikeMcCallowitz.com or MikeMotorBike.com. That's a shortcut to get there. There's tons of free resources, uh, some goodies up there. Simply click on Get the Tools, and uh, we'll hook you up. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Now that we're off the air, I, r- I really do hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs>